back to JC's Creek. My name is Emily. I'm your host, and this is a podcast where we talk about Lacey and Joey as a couple and as individuals, scene by scene, episode by episode, without missing any scenes of them, too, hopefully. So, today we are talking about episode 12 A Weekend in the Country. And if you have not already, make sure to do three things while you're listening. Number one, make sure to follow my Instagram, that's Twitter and Potter. My TikTok, that's Pacey and Jelly. And lastly, make sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel, comment while you're listening, that's Jace's Creek Podcast. And without further ado, let's get into it. So, this episode came out on January 17th, 2000. I may be wrong by this, I just want to point that out because I'm not really sure where this, like, reliable information came from. It came from Wikipedia, wiki. So that's all I have to say. So the first scene that we have is scene one of Pacey and Joey. So this is where they're at the Potter and B B and B. They don't really talk about the B and B much in any of these episodes really, but it just suddenly kind of appears. And so Dawson, Joey, and Pacey are in all one space, which is very surprising. I think like that only happens a couple times, even then like. Andy and everyone else is over there. So with they're watching the bill, the big chill, and Joey says, "Who are these people? I mean, they're dancing. No one dances in the kitchen, which I dance in the kitchen. So <laughs> I just like put on a bunch of music and I'm like, heck yeah, I'm alone." So Dawson says, "Your parents dance in the kitchen. I mean, my my parents love this movie." This is the defiant moment moment of every baby boom generation. And Joey asks the Pacey, do your parents dance in the kitchen? And Pacey says, my parents? No, they definitely don't dance in the kitchen. Which makes me wonder like how Pacey's parents were to each other. Like, you wonder how John Witter went to someone like, I'm assuming her name's Mary or something. I heard that was a rumor. Like, where? Like, what is their relationship like? I always wonder that. And so Joey says, or, okay, so then Joey handing popcorn to Dawson say, here. And Dawson says, I don't know. I took the movie pictures off my wall, everything in question. I figured, why not uh, something unexpected for movie night? Which, I mean, nothing is unexpected with movie night, Dawson. And so Joey says, oh, so we're scaling new heights of the Mount Wayne. And Dawson says, sorry, Joey, Today, tonight's activities are meant to calm your nerves, not agitate them, which I do love how, like, Dawson never calms her down, but, like, Pacey's just amused by this whole situation. And Joey says, well, that's impossible. I mean, this bed and breakfast has one open, open for a day, a costly, a very costly bed and breakfast, mind you, and there are no guests. Have one. Have either one of you checked the reservation list? There's not one, not a name to be found. Not one. And Dawson says, Joey, it takes time to establish a reputation. And Joey says, Dawson, Bessie and I have invested every dime we have. Along with the guests, time is another thing that we don't have. And then the phone rings and Joey composes herself before answering. And she says, Potter B&B, can I help you? And her face falls and she says, no, actually, I'm perfectly intent- content with my long service, thank you. But how about you? I mean, thinking about a vacation? Come to the Cape, take a room at our, at our lovely... And she's like, she hanged up on me. A telemarketer hanged up on me. 
And Pisces says, come on, Joe, keep, keep the faith. And Joey says, is that all you have to say, considering that you were the primary fourth son in includes Bessie and I down this road of economic ruin? Which, I don't know if, like, Bessie's just trying to calm her down, but he's kind of amused whenever she has, like, one of those, like, meltdown things. And Bessie says, all I did was figure out a way to kick in some free labor. <laughs> okay, Bessie. And Joey says, you and I, you, Bessie Witter, single-handedly encouraged this this pipe dream. I mean, you should know better than going around financially, spiritually behind people. People who have no business being inspired. Which, oh, okay, Joey, you didn't have to go along with this plan. And so there is a knock on the door, and Joey stops, like, pressuring or getting on a PC, and she composes herself, and she walks up to the door to, and, like, make sure her, like, everything's neat, and she points at Basie and says beat which I don't know why she just kind of reminds me of a mom whenever she did that and so then she opens the door and finds a couple standing there and she goes can I help you and a woman says hi we were wondering and Joey says like really hopefully yes the man goes have you accepted Lord Christ Jesus Christ as your personal savior God loves you and he hands her a pamphlet and I just love how like Pacey and Dawson look amused, but there's like a smile that Pacey does. Like, it's just so funny to me. And then we have the next scene, which is scene two of Joey. So, or scene one of Joey. And so, the, Joey and Bessie are speaking with the woman, and the woman says, Bess, I gotta be honest with you. I spoke to our manager about you. I made a personal plead, but you're a single mother with multiple demands and an in income to write up radio that doesn't exactly qualify for a much legible profile and Bessie says is there something you could suggest some solutions and the woman says well you could do with a lot of small business do and that's leverage your assess and Joey says unfortunately our Microsoft options have been called and yanks in the hook and the woman says have you thought about taking out a mortgage and Joey says on the house and the woman says it is, it is paid for free and clean and Bessie says do you have an application and Joey just kind of looks like shocked by this in a lot of different ways so you can just tell how young Joey is in this and like you can just also tell how stressed out she is by going from the first scene where Pacey knew she was stressed out, Dawson knew that she was stressed out, and Bessie's obviously stressed out because there was a lot of time and money invested into this B&B &B and no one's coming, and they're like, why is no one coming? And so then the next scene that we have is scene three of Joey, or scene two of Joey. So the, they're at the bottom B&B, and Joey and Bessie have just arrived at home, and they make their way into the house. And Bessie says, I'm going to think about it. And Joey says, Bess, it's our house where we live, the only connection we have to mom. How would you even think about it? And Bessie says, Joey, everything takes longer and costs more than you expect. If there is a way a little out, then maybe we should. And Joey says, well, you shouldn't do something like this without my approval. I'm not giving it to you. And Bessie's like, 
actually I can't because I'm the adult and you're 16. You're a 16 year old girl. Which it's kind of a little bit mean. Like I know that Bessie's trying to be an adult and she does this a few times with Joey where you could just tell like she has to be the older person in the situation because they don't have a mom and they don't have a dad. Not really. And so when they go in this it's kind of like okay where does Bessie get to draw the line of her being the adult and Joey being the younger sister so Joey says Bessie I am your sister a part of this family if this thing doesn't work out I lose my house the only terrible con connection that I have and Bessie says she left it to me Joey just because she left me in charge around here until you're 18 that's you that's a responsibility you can't understand and I feel like that's a little bit me because Joey is saying like this is my only connection to our mother like the only connection that I have right now and Bessie's like well actually she left the house to me so I can do whatever I want which I mean at the same time it kind of makes sense but also like calm down like Bessie no like you don't get to do that you agree you could have been the adult and said actually that's not a good idea like i don't think we should make a b and b but instead you said that and she's over here like it's my responsibility to take care of this house and she left in charge around here until you're turn 18 but like you don't have to like manipulate her to like understand that like you could say it a little bit more you know like i don't know so bessie says like, Joey says, I know the, about the responsibility. And Bessie says, do you? Because until you know what it's like to be humiliate yourself by asking some trust fund snob who looks down on you in a high school, high school and for money, I don't think, I don't want you to talk, talk with you about it anymore. And so Bessie goes inside. And Joey is obviously like, um, what the heck just happened? Because Joey is kind of used to not getting her way. That's not basically what I want to say. But, like, she kind of thinks that she'll get her way. And then when she doesn't, she always looks so shocked. And so, of course, guess who's behind her when all of this happened? Dawson. And so Dawson is in his yard with his camcord. And Joey says, Dawson? And Dawson says, hey, I figured even if my film career is in no man land, I can at least put thing, this thing into good use, right? And Joey says, what are you doing here? And Dawson says, making a viral, virtual tour of Cape Side's newest B&B. If we post this thing on the web, we can get all Cape Side visitors in those sites. And Joey says, Dawson, we can't exactly have the money to finish things. No, known as advertising and Dawson says which is where this thing comes in and Joey says look I really appreciate the offer but and Dawson says no buts show this is a good idea I mean look at this place who would want to stay who wouldn't want to stay here if they see it at every angle and meet the charming profile beforehand which I think was a smart idea which I'm gonna get into this scene later because I feel like it will come in handy when Pacey does something later as well. And I feel like this is like Dawson's way of kind of like being nice and having like using his talents in hand. But Joey exactly, he, she didn't really want his help. And that was the thing, like she didn't like need his help in a certain way. So like, why is he giving it to her? Which makes sense why he's giving it to her because it's like, um, 
Joey, you need that advertisement at the same time. So then the next scene that we have is Pacey and Joey. And so they're inside the house and Joey sits at a kitchen table with like a scowl on her face as Dawson tries to film her. And Dawson says, uh, Joey, if you want to try to look welcoming, that would be great because anxiety really doesn't fit fix in with the whole homie come and stay with us thing we're looking we're going for and joey says dawson i do toilets i do windows i draw the line of fax prickiness and dawson says okay and pace says let me tell you kitties we are looking good looking good <laughs> why does he call them kitties like i find that so funny like just imagine like Pacey later walking in, you would probably scream when that happens. And he's like, let me tell you, kiddies, we <laughs> are looking good, looking good. And Joey says, what candidate did you swallow? And Pacey says, well, after having a feet, just a tainty, wincy little bit of guilt over having the wrong intonation, I took upon myself to expose Potter B&B to the outside world, which many pen of Mr. Frank Frank and Fred. And Dawson says, Fred who? And Pacey said, Frankie. He's, I don't know, he's like a broader imprint of the B&B world. Writes of travels, travels, and lectures. But most importantly, he writes the New York Times travel section. And in that solution, we'll have nothing but glowing things to say about this establishment. Because one of Frankie's Franks is frictionally here and Joey says he's coming here and Pacey says oh yeah he's on his way back from Dawson right now having to fit into his plans I gave him a call and Joey's like are you insane which this is what I wanted to talk about with Dawson's thing like he was gonna be like this nice guy and like upload it to like the website but like this was kind of comparing Pacey a little bit where Pacey like completely took it in his own hands without like Joey's permission without telling Joey what he's gonna do he went to the guy who wrote the New York Times travel section like okay Pacey I see you like not only was he encouraging her and Bessie to make like the most dream thing that they were dreaming about for years he also took it upon himself to make it where he could have, like, them to, like, have the travel section of New York Times. Like, that is amazing to me. And so, Pacey, it goes, okay, like, and Joey's like, are you insane? Have you seen this half-finished broom? Have you seen, tasted Bessie's blueberry pancakes? We're called we're not ready for something like this not to mention that we don't have any guests and pacey says i beg to differ we do have guests not only do we have guests but we have the perfect guests for the perfect heartwarming heartwarming welcome at your local bnb guest if you please and this is why we love pacey because it wasn't the fact that Dawson was like getting his camera out and helping her out and trying to do that. It was the fact that Pacey later took it upon himself to write, like, get someone's attention to visit the BNP so that way they can have more travel guests and get all their friends to come to the BNP and act like a guest. 
and Grams enters with Jen, Jack, and Andy. And Pacey goes, we have this sweet God-fearing grandmother here to help her grandkids try to reconnect to the magical Capeside village where she Franklin as a little girl. And Andy says, I'll need an a.m. wake-up call. And Jack says, I take my orange juice freshly squeezed. And Jen says, black coffee for me and God help you if you wake me up before noon. And Bessie, I mean, Pacey said, Mitch, why Mitch and Gail walks in. And just to make our home filled with happy Viennese people, we have a lovely married couple here to spend the weekend getaway. And Dawson looks like, what the heck? And you can just tell that Joey is kind of pleased by this. And I love that part. Like, there's such a difference in this scene. I've already said it. Like, the way that Pacey did it versus Dawson, like, we're going to keep comparing that and throughout this whole season and maybe even next season because there are so many things where I'm like wow Pacey went beyond and beyond and beyond and beyond I can't say that word and um and Dawson he just he just said that like he was thinking about like it was like beneficial for everyone but at the same time he was like oh I'm just gonna get my film even though I'm not really sure if this works but ha <laughs> And Pacey did it without even, like, a single thought of what it would happen with him. Because I bet Dawson would, like, write every single thing that it would, like, inquire with him. Like, bye, Dawson Leary. And Pacey never does that. And so then we have the next scene of Pacey and Joey. And so they're outside the house, and Joey and Dawson have pulled Pacey outside. And Joey says, one minor detail, Pacey. Don't you think you could have asked me first? And Dawson is just upset that his parents are even there. He's like, do you think you can, you could have let my parents out of this? And Joey says, it was reckless. And Dawson says, and it's insensitive. <laughs> like, okay. Basically, instead of like getting all mad about this, he's like, okay, one at a time, shall we? Starting with you. And he points at, to Dawson. And he says, I only asked Mitch to help, okay? It was his idea to bring Gil along. And... Dawson says his idea, and Pacey says yes, his idea. So if you want to tear someone's head off, why don't you try the guy that served you? And to Joey, he says, and as for you, how could you possibly be so ungrateful after just at witnessing an outpour of blood from the support of George Blaine and Proud? And Joey says, there is nothing wonderful about my life right now, okay? And hand the phone to Pacey, says, so I don't care how you do it. But you need to get Brandon's on the phone and tell him there is no room at the end. And Pacey says, why? And Joey says, because you don't show a movie reviewer a rough cup. And you don't need to serve food credit your first stab at a recipe. Especially if a recipe is your last chance keeping a roof over your head. Pacey says, what? And Dawson says, what do you mean last chance? And Joey says, Bessie is thinking about taking out a mortgage. And Dawson says, what? A mortgage? And then Dawson says, what a mortgage, you can't let her risk the house. And Joey says, Dawson, does the term legal guardian mean anything to you? Which I love how Joey gets into that, but she doesn't really know what it really meant like five seconds ago. Like that's what J Bessie just said. And so, but Paul, but Pacey apologized and says, I'm sorry, Joe, I'll make this right, right now, okay? And they both all hear a knock, and Joey goes to the door, and she finds a man standing in the entry. Which, like, hi, I'm your father. No, that's not what it is. 
And Joey sarcastically says, don't tell me it's this fool or bush man. And Mr. Franklin says, hardly, and hands him a hand to her card. And he says, Fred Frankie, B&B, quote, is this a bad time now? And Joey says, no, <laughs> not at all. And then we have the next scene of Joey where they're at the Potter B&B in Mr. Franklin's room. Mr. Franklin looks around the room as he's in a barn. And Joey says, so is there anything I can get you? And he says, heat. And Joey says, I beg your pardon? And he says, it's freezing in here. And Joey says, well, that's because we're environment friendly and we love to consume our natural resources, not to mention save our um, energy bills. And Mr. Frankie says, what? No, it's in sweet convenience. And Joey says, well, excuse me? And Mr. Franklin says, where's the bathroom? And Joey says, oh, just down the hall, it's commute. And Mr. Fran Frankie says, I see, and I don't really know how to say his name, so I just like keep saying Franklin and Frankie, so I apologize. And Joey says, well, enjoy your stay. Well, we have high tea at five o'clock and breakfast tomorrow morning at, starting at seven. Enjoy your stay. And Mr. Frankie says, you said that already. And Joey says, you're right, I did, my mistake, which uh, you can just tell that she's just so nervous and even though like the sunlight was beautiful with her in it but like you would just tell that she's just kind of like everyone else where when they're like upset about something or nervous Joey really likes to rant and that is something that I'm bad at too but I just kind of shut down mentally a little bit too so when she says like repeats herself and he calls her on it. She's like, yeah, my bad. And you could just tell that she's upset. So then we have the next scene of Joey where they're in the Potter living room and Bessie and Joey are whispering in the corner and looking at Mr. Frankie who's sitting on the couch. And Bessie says, does he look like he's having a good time? And Joey does, does a woman ever look like it's having a good time? And Bessie says, be nice, Joey. He's doing his job. And Joey says, and he, ha he has our trust in our entire future. And Bessie says, where is Pacey anyway? He, he said he'll help me turn on the beds, which you know, I've mentioned Gilmore Girls sometimes, but the scene that comes into my head when I hear it in the beds is when Laureline comes into Luke's um, hotel room with when he's with Nicole. She's like, sorry, I just need to turn down the beds, and that's what pops up in my head. And so Joey says he's in the bathroom counting animals two by two, and Bessie says, why? What happened? And Joey says, what else? A flood. The toilet overflowed. And... You just see Pacey, miserably, like, trying to, like, mop the bathroom, and he goes, Note to self, career options, delete hotel management. And he just looks so miserable, like, doing it, and it's just so funny to me, I don't know why. But, like, things happen also, like, Joey can't be hard on herself there. So then, the next scene that we have is Rupert. Pacey cleans the bathroom and the living room is where, and this scene is Pacey and Joey. And Mr. Frankie sits between Joey and Bessie who are commanded and excuses. And Bessie says, this is our full, first full week of Operation Fred. And Joey says, so we're trying to work on all the keeks. And Bessie says, I think our family style approach is what sets us up in form of competition, Fred. And she puts a hand on his knee and both him and Joey just stare at her like, excuse me, like, are you hitting on me? 
And Pacey says, bathroom's almost fixed. And Joey says, we have great people working for us. And Bessie says, Fred, have you met our on side handyman, Pacey Witter? <laughs> He's 16. What? And also, is Bessie, like, isn't Bessie with Bodie during this time? And Mr. Frankie said, no, I haven't found that pleasure. And Pacey says, rest of sure, folks, I have everything on good show now, taken care of. And then Pacey says that, and there's a wild thump. And a cloud of smoke pours on the fence. And Mr. Fred goes, you might want to have the handyman witter check the furnace. Okay. And so Joey is obviously so upset about this, which leads to the next scene where Joey just bangs on the furnace, and Bessie says, hey, we're in luck. Fred went to, into town to grab us dinner, and Joey says, shoot. And Bessie says, I don't think swearing at the thing is going to help. And Bessie says, oh, and flirting with it might? And Bessie says, what, what's that supposed to mean? And Joey says, nothing. I'm a child, remember? I'll stick with the little things, and you know, have wanted from it ever from knowing we are freezing to death and that's what's supposed to coldest night in the year. So Bessie says, you know, you're certainly behaving like a child. No, she's behaving like someone who has anxiety, not gonna lie. Like that is a total way of when you have anxiety you just kind of fall apart a little bit. And so she goes <laughs> What is your problem? And Joey says, Bessie, do you remember what it's like to be 16? Is it so far off the planet? And Bessie says, I remember. And Joey says, because it's like you have all these responsibilities of an adult, but none of the authority. You can't vote. You can't drink. You can't make any decisive decision about your life. And Bessie says, you think about getting older automatically gives you the same about your life? Get real, Joey. You think I wanted to be stuck here taking two kids by myself? Which, okay, like, Bessie, calm down. That's not what Joey was saying at all. And also, like, don't say that in front of your sister who you have to take care of just because her, your mom and dad died. Or mom died and your dad went to jail. Like, it wasn't, like, would you rather put your sister in foster care? Like, because that's probably what it's going to be like. And Joey says, well, I'm really sorry if Alexander of Alexander are putting such a crop in your lifestyle but with any luck I won't be here much longer to trouble you and Bessie says that's not what I meant and you know it which kind of sounded like that's what she meant but okay and Joey says that's certainly what it sounded like and Bessie says you know for a girl who supposedly wants to leave Cape Side as soon as she can you're sure putting a hell of a lot of effort into this place and Joey says you're right maybe it's just time I stop and she walks away which also kind of goes back to you with her mom like this this place is special and Bessie's like why is it so special to you and it's because her mom like this was the last thing that really represented her mom and then Bessie's like putting a mortgage on the house and doing all these different kind of things but it wasn't the fact that like the B&B meant something to her it meant something to her mom and obviously there was a hidden message behind that so then we have the first scene of Pacey by himself and so he's outside the Potter B&B and he's angrily chopping wood, like so mad. And Mitch walks up with an apple, which I don't know why I was annoyed by that. I don't, I don't really know. And he says, Who had, whose head was that? And Pacey says, uh, not to worry, coach. If anyone's head belongs on the chopping book, it's mine. 
Which I like how he calls him coach. Because Mitch is like the football coach. And so Mitch says, What's, what makes you say that? And, Bess, and Pacey says, oh, let me count the ways, shall we? For one, it was my idea to refurbish the old, the old furnace instead of buying a new one. And it shows guilty as charged. And Pacey says, yeah, and this is the one you're really gonna love. It was my idea to bring her, Frank, in down into the little weekend in the country. And Mitch says, you did? And Bessie said, yes, I did. Let me tell you, it's not an easy feat, okay? I had to put all the stops on that guy, use my dazzling people skills, and you know what for? A comedy era that's probably going to put the sister potters in poor house. And Mitch asks, you know what I think? I think that if I were Joey and Bessie, I would consider myself very lucky to have you in my life. Which, I love how Pacey said, like, he went through all this different kind of stuff. And, of course, I also love how he doesn't go up to Joey and just start yelling at her. Like, he's just very, like, upfront with someone else. But he still does what he needs to do because he feels guilty. And one of the things I think about Pacey is he's a number six, but like in Immigrams where he's just very loyal and he'll always be by the side. And I think that's one of the reasons why he doesn't like yell at Joey and Bessie. Like, hey, I worked so hard. Why are you acting like such a jerk? Like he just does what he's told. And I think that's a very nice thing to do. And so Mitch, oh, Pacey asks why everyone and everything that I touch, I screw up. All right. Which we have talked about this before like Pacey always thinks that he's a screw up and this is like the three things I was talking about from a couple I think episode seven where he's like sex addict or like a screw up and he's like the screw up in this episode like he always feels like he's a screw up and no matter what he does it isn't enough and that's kind of what this episode is based off of and he goes you're aware of the menace touch right you ever heard of that Okay, well, the minish touch, whatever that is, I got the opposite. <laughs> Which may always makes me laugh. And Mitch says, don't be so sure. I mean, look at you. You still, you're still at it, right? You haven't given up, Pace. And instead of dwelling on everything that's gone wrong this weekend so far, um, think of what you could chance. You put on a lot of self-voice work into this place. That is the real question. Listen, that goes to heart of the, of what, who Pacey Witter is. And Pacey says, what, and Mitch says, what makes you care so much? So I think kind of Mitch knew that Pacey really cared about Joey. And it wasn't the fact that like everything was going wrong for Pacey. It was the fact that he knew it was going to upset Joey. Like that was the main thing about this episode. Like it wasn't the fact that Pacey was screwing up this weekend. He felt like a screw up. It felt he was feeling like he was failing Joey. Which I think he feels a lot towards this, like, this isn't the first time we're going to see that, and it certainly isn't the last, because I'm pretty sure we have seen that before with, like, Andy, but this is, like, kind of, like, the first time that we really see, like, someone knowing that Pacey really meant, like, Joey really meant something to Pacey, and I feel like from episode, let's say, like, six, I mean, Suddenly, we saw the B&B, and we saw them hanging out, and we saw them talking. Like, obviously, they meant something to each other, like, as friends. And now, Pacey cares so deeply about Joey in a lot of ways. So that's why he's upset that he can't do this practically for Joey. He can't just take everything and make it magically okay, which honestly makes him upset and makes Joey upset. 
And Mitch is like, why do you care so much? Like, not like as in like, like what makes you care so much about this? And it isn't about the B&B or it isn't about why everything's going on. It's, Mitch knows that he put in a lot of work into this. And Mitch is like the only one that really sees it in this episode, which I think is just like, Pacey needed that father figure in this episode. And I like how Mitch had to come in and help him out. So then we have the next scene, uh, Pacey and Joey. Where they're in the living room and the men are going around the fireplace trying to light it up as Gail, Jen, and Joey are around it trying to warm up. And Mitch says, okay, let's go, let's go in the air vent, okay? Guys, blah, 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 the fire doesn't start and Jen says, we're gonna freeze. And Graham walking in says, you never get started with the hickory on the bottom, may I? And uh, the men stare at Grams as she takes over and Grams rearranges the wood and she says hickory is a glorious wood, but it is hardwood. We'll never burn burn it on its own. Small soft pines go on the bottom, oak in the middle, and hickory on top, and she lights it up and she says, There we go. And Mitch is like, Wow, I'm impressed. And Jen says, you know, she climbs over her grown brother butter too. And Graham says, Oh, I used to build a fire after dinner every night after winter. Jennifer's grandfather would sit in a leather chair, feet on the arm of men, and read to me. Some nights we'll travel with the acre and the search of a great whale, or some nights we'll float down the parish river with the honking gin. Nearly every night at some point of our journey we'll fall asleep, chin on the chest, books in the lap content. You know, you know you love someone when you can spend spend the entire night just sitting by the fire watching them sleep and gal says like sounds like you loved him very much and Graham says love is the hardest in the woods it takes a long time to heat up but it does and jen says god it smells good in here and Graham says hickory burning in the heat sounds like four forty six years of my life and dawson says they smell good in the most powerful sense uh, the recall that we have it come back to the kinds of burn experience and gail says vanilla and it says still and gail says every time i smell it your your father worked in the restaurant when we started dating and it says the franklin family fish house and gail says and every night after work where he would come to pick me up he always smelled like vanilla and it says well i used to soak my hands in it and then get the cool and Dawson says, Dawson says, the, <laughs> I keep messing up where like all my stuff just keeps going everywhere. And I love how Mitch says he's going to his hand in vanilla. And then Dawson says, Marion Diamond is the main chemical, chemical to use the process film that may happen the first time I got yeah, blah, 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 and then, <laughs> and then Pacey says, this might sound goofy, but do you think it is possible to smell snow? Which, it reminds me of Gilmore Girls, I smell snow, and Mitch says, absolutely, and Pacey says, well, that's my first memory then. I don't know, I was maybe two or three, and three years old, I was just distantly remember getting up on my tippy toes so I could look through the half length window at the snow falling on the frozen creek and everything just blanket in silence and andy says her thing which jack's thing was high c and her thing was new car 
because when you go in the trips and you would always request a brand new rental and I guess that kind of smell reminds you traveling together and then Joey says bacon sizzling crackling whipping into my bedroom while I sleep starting my dreams and and coating me into like and Bessie says I know that smell and Joey says mom and Bessie says yeah and Joey says, see, every Sunday when she didn't have to work, she would make breakfast. And I would find my way into the hallway and stand next to, the, next to her in the stove. And we would talk about schools and boys. And we would take pancake batter and pour it into tiny molds into pine, pine trees and animals. Mom would always love to cook and take care of everyone and hated working at that bar every night. She told me not to worry because especially she was going to make enough money and, and go and open up her very own, um, her very own being breakfast and bed and breakfast. She obviously didn't get that chance to happen, so I thought I would give it a shot. So thank you for coming, us. You have the best fake guest a girl could ask for, but you can all go home now. And she leaves the room and notice Mr. Frank is standing in the doorway with for an unmount of time, and Joey says, Mr. Frank, I'm sorry you have been such a horrendous experience. I realize it's no father, sorry, B&B, but I'm sure my mother would have loved it. Which, it goes back to what I was saying earlier, like, Joey really had that attachment to the B&B, not because she was, like, working hard to deal with it, but it was the fact that she wanted the experience that her mom never really got. And so... Obviously, when everyone was talking about memories and everything like that, with the stove, to the high seat, to the cars, to her mom, it was all those different things that really meant something to them. Like, the fact that the B&B meant so much to Joey was the best thing that Joey could probably ask for. And it didn't really matter that the guy was standing out there, like, trying to figure everything out. It really mattered to Joey that, like, they were all there and they were all kind of like okay look even though this is like business that really took off it matters to me that my mom would have loved this and she's like it may not be no five star but it was the best thing that has ever happened to me so then we have seen the next scene of Pacey and Joey and the Potter B&B where Joey's room the next morning and there's voices on the other side and she wakes up a smile across her face and ain't too proud to beg is playing on the stereo as she makes her way into the kitchen and everyone is dancing around cooking breakfast and setting to the table to eat and some are singing and some are dropping things while they dance and like generally looking like they have a good time and joey says so is someone going to tell me what's going on and basically says hey you want some coffee could someone please get this lady a cup of coffee <laughs> I thought that was really cool. And Joey says, I thought everyone was going home. And Dawson says, well, you know, you could you sleep, you slept late, you miss a lot. And he says, okay, you done the bed thing, you went the bed thing, it's time for the breakfast. And everyone finds a plate on the table and Mr. Frank is at the head. And Pacey says, this is for you, Mr. Frank. And Joey says, morning, everyone. And they all say morning, and she goes, morning, Mr. Frankie. And he says, morning. And Shelby says, you know, I could have still had some kinks to work out. We'll probably never have the fine lines of groomment food that you're used to. And he says, 
The heat didn't work last night, but it is the warmest place I ever stayed at. And I'm gesturing towards the pancakes, says, and these pancakes may be the best in the country. And Andy says, all right. And Joey says, one more missing. And Bessie says, why, whatever do you mean? And Joey says, well, for one thing, your pancakes are nowhere near the Meredith's gift. And Bessie says, uh, and she goes, Bessie, and but Pacey says, well, perhaps we should pay our compliments to the chef, huh? And all are like chatting, chef, 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 chef. And Bodhi comes in, which I'm surprised Joey didn't realize that Alexander wasn't there. And with Alexander. And he says, now who's, who here wants seconds? And Joey gets up and she runs towards him. And he, she goes, Bodie, what are you doing here? And Bodie says, what do you mean? I'm going to miss this for the world. And Bessie pulls out, Joey into another room. And Bessie says, I was up hours last night thinking about what you said about by the fire. And I went to the attic and Joey says, look, Bessie. And Bessie holds up a guest book. And she says, dad gave us this to mom for Christmas 10 years ago. We signed it over breakfast, her first guest. How have I forgotten her dream? Which that's what Joey was trying to point out the whole entire episode. And Joey says, you had a few other things to worry about, Bessie. The lives of two kids. And Mr. Frank raising his glass and toast to the potter being B. May it live long and prosper. And Bessie <laughs> goes, here, here. And Andy goes, yeah. <laughs> And you can just tell that all of them are really excited for them. And also, you can tell where Bessie finally gets Joey's dream and why she was really upset about everything and what it really meant to Joey. So then, the next scene that we have is a Pacey. Uh, he's outside helping Dawson with his camera. And Dawson says, Pacey, do you have any idea what you're doing? And Pacey says, well, I have a put a limbs on the cap on before yeah and Dawson says I mean just in general everything's changing so rapidly I have troubles finding my bearings you know and Pacey says I'll second that emotion and Dawson says you know I lay awake at night on my bed staring at the walls which have a blank aspect for a linen except for a linen poster trying to imagine the future imagine all the people Waving from today, we may sail with our dreamer, but I know I'm not the only one. And he continues with saying, and it was it was blank as the wall. All I can see is the past that I barely recognize anymore. Perfect example, you. And Pacey says me, and Dawson says you contribute this whole magicians. You used to go and be predictable. I don't know. I mean, I thought that it was, you know, your relationship with Andy, but you're not with her. And still, I guess what I'm trying to say is thank you. And Pacey says, for what, man? And Dawson says, for what For what I asked you to do, taking care of Joey. You really went beyond and built, you went above and beyond the call. I mean, you did something really special for her. I'm glad she has you. And Pacey says, let me tell you something, man. It's no picnic, okay? That powder girl, she ain't easy, all right? She's physically incapable of keeping her mouth shut for more than two seconds. She's got an opinion about everything. I mean, it's really unkinky, all right? So anytime you want to jump back in there, you know, let me know. And I'm eager to return to our schedule pro pro programming.
that that's good enough for you, Dawson says, that will be fine. That will do fine, Pace. So, like, Pacey was kind of saying that, but really it wasn't Dawson's choice to come back in and sweep him under her feet. But it really had me thinking about this whole thing with the B&B and how much, like, Joey really knew it meant to her. I feel like Pacey encouraged her to continue the B&B because they might have gotten to a conversation about her mom and everything like that. And then finally, they, he was like, why don't you build B&B? And she was probably like, you're ridiculous. And he's like, no, like, I'm serious. You should build this. And that's probably how the conversation started, but I really wish that we saw that conversation. They could have been walking on the hall highway like they were that one episode, and they could have been talking about that, but I don't really know. Like, it was just kind of one of those things where, yeah, Dawson asked for him to take care of her, but I feel like it wasn't so much Dawson anymore. It was just about how much Pacey cares about her and has probably always cared about her. So then we have the last scene of Joey and Pacey. And Pacey runs into the house and goes, Potter, Potter, look, I talked to the furnace guy. He said he'll come tomorrow if he didn't. And he finds her, um, finds Joey's asleep on the couch under a blanket. And he walks over and kneels to the floor next to the couch as he covers her. And he stares at her for a moment and then walks away. And then later we see her still asleep on the couch under the blanket and the only thing that's lit is the fireplace and Pacey is sitting across from her watching her sleep and you can just see like the awe in his face and it's obvious that he sat there all night long and that's my favorite part like that is my favorite part because when we go back to what Graham said earlier she says when you really love someone you will sit there all night long and watch them sleep by the fire and she says love is the hardest in the wood. It takes a long time to heat up, but it does. And I think that was kind of like a foreshadow when Grams was talking about her grand, like Jen's grandfather. How much she like them two meant to each other, and how much they loved each other, and how much she cared for him and could stare at him all night long. It kind of goes back to that because when we think about it, like. It wasn't the fact that, like, Pacey was doing it because of Dawson, like we were talking about just a minute ago. It was the fact that, like, Pacey and Joey, like, grew this friendship. And I think this was the real first episode that you could see Pacey had feelings for Joey. And it was his dream. Because we gotten past the part where Dawson and Joey were a thing. And Andy and Pacey were a thing. Like, now this is a thing where, like, them two are finally being able to sit by each other and not fight. They could sit by each other and not get angry with each other. Like, this was the real episode that we could see where it was different than a season or two ago. Like, this was a different episode than we have seen in a long time. And you could see how patient he was throughout this episode, how much he would do anything for her. And I feel like this is really when how his love for Joey came out like it wasn't the fact that Joey told him to do it or Dawson told him to do it or anything like that like you could just tell how the love in his eye for Joey whenever she's talking he pays attention like he says later in the season I remember everything and I think it goes back to the B&B where he remembers what she was talking about it and that's why he tried so hard to make Joey happy with the B&B 
it wasn't the fact that he was trying to like do it for labor work like he was doing it because he wanted to and <laughs> i saw this video yesterday that i made a long time ago of my tiktok aka pc and chill if you want to follow it and it was like most people like people try to come back with dawson saying that he built a white <laughs> like a white fence and then like i had this whole thing but really like dawson may have built a white fence but pacey made the b and b happen like that was the most important thing for like pa like bessie and joey and the potter girls and he really made it happen and i love how like pacey is even kind of nervous when dawson thanks him earlier like thank you for taking care of joey like he goes like it's no problem it's no picnic okay like that potter girl she ain't easy but you can just see like how much he really does care when he's like all nervous about dawson like he's been caught in something but it really meant like pacey really like cared about joey and how much she meant to him it was a big deal to him like it was a big deal that dawson was saying that but it was kind of a big deal to him because things have changed like there was so many things it wasn't like season 30 episode one where he was like no man i won't take care of joey and now he's like over here helping her with the furnace helping her with the bathroom mopping the floor like doing all this different kind of stuff because of how much he cares about her and that is the real deal about this episode because when you go back to the past episodes like you can tell like finally they're over like everything like Pacey like really noticed I was saying earlier Mitch was the first one to notice it but really Chen was Chen was the first one to notice all of that and I apologize for saying that earlier but yeah like you can tell like from episode 9 where like Pacey is finally caught in like that little white lie where he wants to make out with Jen because he wants to have a sexual relationship. Really, it was him wanting to push aside his feelings with Andy and Joey. And I think now, finally, he knows he still has those feelings, but I think this was the real first episode where you could just definitely tell that something was really, really, really up. And that's my favorite part of this episode. So, if you like this episode, please make sure to subscribe on the YouTube channel, that's Jesus Creek Podcast, where I post every Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. There's also other platforms that you can listen to, such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Make sure to review this podcast with kind words, please, only. Make sure you comment, subscribe, share, whatever you need to do, and also... You can catch every episode again on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. I would love to hear your thoughts on Instagram, that's Twitter and Potter, and my TikTok is Pacey and Joey. I hope to see you guys again Friday and Saturday and Sunday. I love hearing your guys' thoughts, so please, 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 please make sure to comment down below. Bye, guys.